Well, I'm back again. This is Ray Martinez with another podcast on our Bible study series. And we got some tough questions to ask ourselves or ask each other. What does Jesus say about prayer? Who do we pray to? Jesus or God? Does Satan listen in our prayers? How can we keep him from knowing what we are revealing about ourselves? Don't you think that's like revealing secrets? It's kind of like telling the enemy what our weakness is? Well, let's talk about this. Because prayer is a vital part of the Christian faith. And Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. In this podcast, we will explore what Jesus says about how we should pray. In Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15, Jesus gives his disciples guides on how to pray. He begins by warning them not to pray to be seen by others, but rather to pray in secret. He then gives them an example of how to pray, which is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer goes as follows. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let me read this from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What can we learn from what Jesus was teaching? Well, first, number one, prayer should be humble. Jesus warns his disciples not to pray to be seen by other people. We should come to God with a very humble heart and recognize our need for him, not us trying to provide needs for others, but it's a direct communication between you and God the Father, and Jesus is right in the middle of this. The second point is, prayer should be focused on God's will. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayer should be focused on God's will and not our own desire. Now, the beauty of this is that you will have God's desires in your heart if you are fully immersed in what he has to say. Psalms 37.4 says it well, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Here's the third point. Prayer should be daily. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray for their daily bread. This reminds us that prayer should be a daily practice and that we should rely on God for our daily needs. So this is a daily prayer. And the fourth point is, forgiveness is essential. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his disciples to ask for forgiveness and to forgive others. How important is that? Forgiveness is essential in our relationship with God and with others. The location of God in Jesus' model prayer, namely in heaven, is undoubtedly an interesting study. The phrase, our Father, suggests that God is near to us. The next words, which art in heaven, suggest that he is far away. Well, both concepts are true simultaneously. If you look at Psalms 139 verses 7 through 12, 
that says that God is not only in heaven, but everywhere. David claims that there was no place he could go where God wasn't because God is everywhere. The theological term for this quality of God is omnipresence. Not only does Jesus provide us with a model for proper prayer, but he also provides the mediation in 1 John 2 verses 1 through 2, so that we as people who have been forgiven can approach God's throne of grace through confidence. Hebrews 4 verses 16. Let's not neglect this incredible gift and daily approach God in prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Does this model provide a strict rule for whom to address the believer's prayers? Comparing Jesus' model prayer with the other scripture passages, this does not seem to be the case. Paul addresses Jesus, the Son, in prayer in 2 Corinthians 12 verses 8 through 9 and 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 16 through 17. Stephen addresses Jesus in his martyr's prayer. In Acts chapter 7, verse 59, he calls up to Jesus. John addresses Jesus in the conclusion of the book of Revelations, in Revelations 22, verse 20. Many other passages also point to the fact that prayer to the Son is appropriate. Even Jesus teaches it is proper to address him in prayer. Look at John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Jesus and the Holy Spirit mediate between the believer and the Father. So it stands to reason that prayer to Jesus and the Spirit are also acceptable. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, and Romans 8, verse 26. Jesus teaches the aptness of addressing our Father, which art in heaven. In those first two words, our Father, we have what some consider to be the essence of Christianity that God would graciously forgive our sin, adopt us into his family, and restore his own image in us, thus allowing us to truly be his children. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12. Here's what it says. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The Cambridge Bible for Schools and Colleges, Matthew, Cambridge University Press, of 1893 said this, It is the essence of Christian prayer that God should be addressed as a Father to whose love we appeal, not as a God whose anger we appease. Prayer is speaking to God, and as with any conversation, it is possible for others to overhear what we say. Now, can Satan hear us? Well, we assume that Satan can, and he does, eavesdrop on our prayers. That is, he can hear what we pray about. This should not be of a major concern to the child of God. The Bible records many prayers from saints who prayed out loud in their own language with no fear that Satan might be eavesdropping. Daniel, for example, the law in Persia was that no one could petition any God except the king of Persia for 30 days. But that didn't stop or deter Daniel at all from praying. He went into his house where the windows of his upper room opened towards Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Daniel's enemies were watching and probably eavesdropping. Satan might have been too, but we aren't told. 
In any case, Daniel made no attempt to alter his prayer or to hide it from physical or spiritual eyes. David was on the run from Saul. David prayed for the Lord's direction and the Lord gave him a plan of escape. You can see that in 1 Samuel chapter 23 verses 9 through 14. If any situation ever called for concern that Satan might be eavesdropping, this was it. Yet David simply prayed, giving no thought to whether the devil heard. Hezekiah, when King Hezekiah received a threatening letter from the Assyrians, it says, quote, He went up to the temple of the Lord and spread the letter out before the Lord. Unquote. 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 14. And then Hezekiah prayed for deliverance from the enemy. Satan's not mentioned at all in this passage, and we assume that Hezekiah did not care if Satan heard his prayer or not. He was praying to the Lord God Almighty, and that's all he cared about. Hannah, in deep anguish and weeping bitterly at the door of the tabernacle, Hannah prayed for a son. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. Did Satan eavesdrop on her prayer? Yes, he probably heard it, and the very least, he was made aware of what she was praying through a demonic report. Did Satan take advantage of her struggle? It seems he had already been at work to make her miserable in her home life. If you read that in 1 Samuel 1, verses 6 through 8, he didn't need the extra intel to know how to vex her. The previously mentioned cases have at least three things in common. Number one, Satan is not mentioned even once. Number two, those who prayed simply talked to God in a heartfelt manner, straightforward. Number three, the prayer was answered. As they prayed, Daniel and David and Hezekiah and Hannah focused on God and God alone. If the thought that Satan was listening ever crossed the minds, and it doesn't seem that it did, their attitude would likely have been, so what? Satan might be eavesdropping, so what? Yes, the devil will do his worst, but so what? We're not talking to him. We're talking to the sovereign God of the universe. Our God will hear our cry and act on our behalf, regardless of what Satan hears or doesn't hear, or what he does or doesn't do. Satan can eavesdrop if he wants, but he is not a stronger than the Holy Spirit, who prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Satan and the demonic hordes have absolutely no power to prevent God from answering our prayers according to his will. So there's no need to stop verbalizing our prayers to keep Satan from hearing them. And there is no need to employ a heavenly language to try to fool Satan. God hears and that's all that matters. Whether Satan and his demons hear and understand our prayers isn't relevant. Jesus' teaching on prayer reminds us that prayer should be humble, focused on God's will daily, and centered on forgiveness. I would like us to learn from his teaching and make prayer a vital part of our daily lives, seeking to know God more deeply and aligning our lives with His will. I love what Mother Teresa said. Prayer is a matter of coming into living contact with Jesus. It is not just recitation and repetition. 
Simply going through the motions doesn't deserve the noble title of prayer, and it won't lead to the union of our souls with Jesus. <laughs> That's well said. I want you to take a moment to think about all the things that you have to do daily, every morning when you get up, or every night when you go to bed. The daily tasks to keep yourself going. Prayer is just as much as a health issue as any of the other daily habits that you practice. You have a blessed day, and I pray for your well-being.